0: Welcome to Growth Mindset University. I'm your host, Jordan Paris, and this show is all about learning the lessons we should have learned in school, but did not, so that we can succeed in the progressive new age of business and life we find ourselves in today. Each episode will feature a brand new lesson, and now it's time for today's lesson. So put your thinking cap on, because school is now in session. When I first started this podcast, I had no clue what I was doing and it showed. This podcast was terrible in the beginning, so much so that when people tell me today that they listen to early episodes, I cringe because it was just that bad. But along the way, of course, I figured things out and started growing as I was going. But I wish I knew these things in the beginning. I could have saved so much time, money, and just sheer embarrassment. Now, I'm solving for all of the unknown variables of podcasting for you with my brand new course, How to Become a Rockstar Podcaster. Oh, and by the way, it's completely free. In the course, I give away every single one of my secrets from marketing to building a business around your podcast and monetizing your podcast without ads. I put a ton of effort into this course over the past few months, and it is extremely professional. And this is something that people around me said I should be selling for 400 bucks, but I said, no, I am giving this away for free. I couldn't think of something better to share with you. So for free access to my new course, How to Become a Rockstar Podcaster, you can go to jordanparis.com forward slash course that's jordanparis.com forward slash course for free access to my brand new course how to become a rockstar podcaster i look forward to seeing you in the course let's build a business around your podcast i am extremely grateful that you are here with me today on growth mindset university just want to let you know that two times per week we have interviews with the best of the best. New York Times bestselling authors, billionaires, the like, the most successful people in the world, people like Mark Manson, Naveen Jain, James Altucher, so many more. And I don't want you to miss these interviews. So go ahead and subscribe to this podcast, Growth Mindset University, wherever you are listening right now. One of my favorite things is when you reach out to our guests that we have on the show. So for example, if you enjoy today's guest Please reach out to them. Tell them that you enjoyed today's episode. Send them that token of gratitude. Like, look, I heard John Jordan's show and it was so good. This really impacted me. If you do this with every guest, you're going to start building a world-class network in record time. This is how I built my network. So this is just another way I'm looking to give back to you here. Just give you this little tip. So reach out to our guest today. And now, without further ado, please enjoy the show. My guest today is Bob Burke. For 30 years, he's helped companies, sales leaders, and their teams to more effectively communicate their value, sell at higher prices with less resistance, and grow their businesses based on endless referrals. Bob regularly addresses audiences ranging in size from 50 to 16,000, sharing the platforms with today's top thought leaders, including a former U.S. president and Olympic athletes, political leaders, everyone. Uh, although for years he was best known for his book Endless Referrals, over the past few years it's been his business parable, The Go Giver, co authored with John David Mann, that has captured the imagination of his readers. The Go-Giver, a Wall Street Journal and Business Week bestseller, has sold over 850,000 copies. The book has been translated into 28 languages, rated number 10 on Inc. Magazine's list of most motivational books ever written, and was on HubSpot's 20 most highly rated sales books of all time. Bob is also the author of a number of books on sales, marketing, influence, with total book sales approaching 2 million copies. Now he's here today with his new book, the Go-Giver Influencer. Bob, welcome. Hey, Jordan. Great to be with you. Excellent. So I I got to tell everyone, our listeners, they need to get the book, uh, The Go-Giver Influencer, on Amazon. I listened to it on Audible over the past... Fourteen hours, I finished the entire uh, four four hour book. So, and and eight of those hours were sleeping. One of them was my group <laughs> my group exercise class. So, pretty much, what four out of the last five free hours have been <laughs> wow. have been Bob Bergen, and it's just so so excellent the way that the you you two John David Mann and and you yourself are the perfect people to narrate it uh, because you know it gets to the end of a chapter you read and I'd be like. Oh, I don't want Bob to go. Stop! I want Bob to do the next chapter because you guys would alternate chapters, yeah. and then and then John would end his chapter. And I'd be like, no, but I like John. Yeah, I know. John, go John's back
1: great. John, uh, John does that yeah. uh, fantastically. Very, you know, he 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 puts a lot more, I think, dr- drama and emotion into it. I he's I really enjoy uh, listening to him narrate. Yeah, I think you guys just knocked it out of the park
0: with that. So I really recommend The Go-Giver Influencer on Audible, Amazon, if you want the physical copy. Uh, before we talk about that book, though, let's fill in the blanks a little bit
1: sure. with you know who you were. Uh, who, who, was, who was Bob Berg at 20 years old? Oh, well, at 20 years old, I was a guy who really thought he knew everything about the way the world worked. And it's funny because people say, you know, they'll ask me now, what would you give your, you know, 20 year old self as, as far as advice? And I, my, in and, and that advice would be young Bob Berg, shut up and listen because you don't know half of what you think you know and the other half, that you're sure you know is totally not correct (laughs) and but i thought but i thought it was i thought i had it figured out so it was really only once i began to know what i didn't know that i i put myself in the position of being able to learn and uh that was a difference maker and who was bob berg at 30 then uh a guy who was who was he was still struggling but he was learning and he was and he was getting to that next level but he still wasn't he still wasn't uh, well in, in even now Bob Berg is still not there because it's always you know it's always a, a growth process uh but I I had certainly gotten to an, another level certainly in my life which you should be at 30 if you're if you know more more advanced than you were at 20 but you know still had a lot to uh, still had a long way to go uh, to before I began to really put things together. Are there any big tipping points, uh, where you really start to gain momentum and become who you are today? Yeah. Well, uh, one big that. one for me yeah. and I was probably about, Hmm, I'd say 34, 35 at the time. And I realized, and I, I uh, read a couple of books that kind of connected with me on these levels that I realized I had some character traits, that were really not serving me nor were they serving others and it was holding me back from the kind of success that i i thought i had the potential to have but but really wasn't wasn't getting there and uh, i i then read a book by benjamin franklin called the autobiography and in this book and which he really wrote for his son to, to basically teach life lessons, he included a chapter called the 13 virtues where he talked about the 13 virtues. And the, the basic story there is that Franklin, when he was a young man came to the conclusion, came to the realization that, uh, that he had some character traits that weren't serving him and weren't serving others. And that if he was ever going to be as successful as he knew he could be, he was going to need to work on those. Well, it's easier today because we have the people from Franklin and Carnegie and in and, and Hill and all these people to learn from. But back then, I mean, he was you know he was an inventor, so he invented his own personal development system, and and so what he did was he he took thirteen character traits that he thought he was lacking in and needed to improve, and he divided uh, he di- he divided the year into into four segments of 13 weeks. 13 times four are 52, okay? And so what he would do is he would work on a specific character trait that he was very, that he felt he was lacking in. And he would work on it steadily. I mean, it, in, a, in an all-consuming manner for a week straight. And at the end of the week, there'd be an improvement. He'd go on to the next character trait, then the next one, then the next one. And then at the end of 13 weeks, he would restart, right? He'd start back at number one again and do that. And at the end of the, the year, he went through the, his, his personal development course four times. It made a huge difference for him. So I began doing the same thing. Some of my traits were the same as Ben's, but others were different. So there were ones I needed to work on, and the ones that I needed to work on that this system, Ben's system, really helped me made an absolutely humongous difference in my life. One of them was gratitude, um, that I, I tended to always look at the negative side of things, and I did not appreciate all the many blessings that I had and so for a week i just focused on gratitude being grateful for everything and and i mean everything from you know just being able to see and hear and touch taste smell sense being able to walk being able to talk being able to go to the store and get a cup of coffee and being grateful for the way that that the coffee was grown by a lot of people somewhere else and had to be cr- um, grown and 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 uh, harvested and and Sent over by by ships, and these ships had to be built by people, and these and I, you know, I'd go through the whole process of what it took to get me a, you know, at that time a dollar fifty three cent, uh, you know, cup of coffee, and I just kept focusing on gratitude, and I began to change, and I began to be more grateful, and life became better, and I became happier. Uh, another thing I needed to really work on was my gossip habit. Uh, I was a gossip. I I think I got to work on that too. Well, you know, it's a very human thing and it's a a very easy habit to get into. And we don't realize how detrimental it is. And not only is it detrimental to others, it's detrimental to ourselves because we lose trust with people if if we're a gossiper. They know if we're gonna say something to them about someone else, we're also gonna probably say something to someone else about them. Yes, I've tweeted that before. If they talk crap about you, with you, they'll probably talk crap about you. Yeah, and so- Um, and so, but really it was something where my, my speech needed to become more positive. I needed to, 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 you know, to not gossip, not listen to it, not engage in it, not to and so forth. And that made, again, a huge difference. And there were people who say, Bob, I've never heard you say a bad word about anyone. Well, I don't know if that's totally true, hundred percent, but it's probably 99% true. Okay. And so there were other things. So, so if you ask what was that tipping point, it was when I began to consciously work on improving my character traits. Right. Uh, we talk about
0: um, you know go giver in the intro, uh, the go giver, a really famous book, uh, what what some people would call you know one of those classics, right. and uh, and it's funny because at the time I wrote my book, I didn't, I, I at least consciously didn't know about your book. Maybe I'd heard about it before, and it was in my subconscious uh, mind. But in the one of the last chapters of my book, I write about being a grow giver, like, ah, and the like whole that. idea being. The whole reason of growing is to give. Mm-hmm. Uh, I take it your concept though is a little bit different. It, let's again we're filling in the blanks here. Before our next thing we talk about is your new book, the Go Giver Influencer. If you were to talk about the Go Giver very concisely, what's that about
1: for our yeah. listeners here? Yeah, well, the premise, the basic premise of of, of the Go Giver is simply that shifting your focus from getting to Now, when we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing value to others and understanding that doing so is not only a nice way of living life and a pleasant way of conducting business, it's the most financially profitable way as well. Not for some woo woo, way out, you know, karmic reasons or anything. No, it actually is very logical because when you can move from a focus on yourself to a focus on making other people's lives better, okay? Uh, what we call an other person focus or other focus. People feel good about you. They wanna get to know you. They like you. They trust you. They wanna be a part of your life. They want to see you succeed. And so, you know, they want to give value to you. And of course, that way everyone wins. Uh, You know, I I often when I speak at a sales conference, uh, I'll begin by saying uh, something like, you know, how many of you would agree with the following statement? Nobody's going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet. And, you know, we all laugh because we know that's true. No one's buying from us because we have a quota to meet. They're not buying from us because we need the money. And they're not even going to buy from us because we're a nice person. They're going to buy from us because they believe that ultimately they will be better off by doing so than by not doing so. And in the basically free market economy in which we live and operate, when I say free market, I simply mean no one is forced to do business with anyone else. And that's the market we all operate out of, of course. And in a free market, that's the only reason why anyone should buy from you or from me or from from anyone else because they believe they'll benefit by doing so. This is great because what it means is the entrepreneur or the salesperson must put their focus on benefiting the other person. Mm. Okay. And that's why John and I say that money is simply an echo of value. Okay, it's the thunder, if you will, to values lightning. So the focus must be on giving value to that other person. The money you receive is a result of the value you've provided. I agree. The Go Giver, having
0: just finished the Go Giver influencer and i was so invested in that story and and lost in that story in the best possible way and (laughs) i i loved it and like it's been my life uh, as i as i mentioned the past uh 14 15 hours uh so the go-giver is going to be one of uh the next two or three Books that I read. I have a book that I'm going to read next. As I'm finishing up, uh, one of uh, I'm finishing up Ryan Serhant's book right now, uh, and I'm going to read a, a friend of mine's book next. And then I think looks like it looks like the Go Giver is going to be up after that. But the Go Giver Influencer, it's dispelling the secrets of genuine influence in the form of a story, which you know, which is essentially every. Uh, book in this series, the go-giver leader, go-giver regular one, and go-giver influencer. They're all, it's it's a story and it's dispelling the secrets. And that's just a, I, it's a beautiful format. I know your you. co-author, John David Mann, has a lot to do with like, well, the he's Well, he's the lead writer. He, he yeah. Is, he's the storyteller. And you're the principal guy. Uh, well, the
1: I mean, we both are, but, but I'm more of a how-to kind of guy by nature. I'm step one, step two, step three, you know? Right. And John is just a magnificent storyteller. Yeah. So it's really, it's a, a great collaboration. It's, yes. you know. So why this book, why now? Well, I think Influence uh, is, Influence by the way, plays an important part of every one of the books in the series. So even in the, the regular Go-Giver book, the law number three is the law of influence. And and in the go-giver leader, we're talking about, you know, being able to influence others and so forth. So, so it, but we wanted to, in this book, really take influence to a whole deeper level uh, because, you know, yeah, let's face it. You can have all the, or, you know, or most of, or practically all of uh, the most positive traits of an ultra successful human being. Okay. So you can be very talented and of extremely high character. Uh, you can be ambitious, kind, charitable, hardworking, thrifty, and energetic. You can have a knack for numbers and a head for business. You can be even tempered and creative and much, much more. And uh, all that's great. It's, it's terrific. However, unless you can influence others, uh, move people to the, the uh, desired and appropriate action, your chances of really attaining that stratospheric type of success is somewhat limited. Now, on the other hand, when when combining benevolent intent and a learned skill set, you can find yourself really constantly, consistently, and predictably attaining satisfaction, uh, business wise and personally, and in such a way that everyone comes away a winner.
0: Mm-hmm. And, so, so, yeah, in terms of influence we're not talking about the self-proclaimed social media influencers
1: (laughs) right yeah this is sort of a different different type of thing And, and what's so you know what's so interesting about that is with social media influencers we've um being i guess an influencer as they call it um uh and it just happens to be social media is the the medium and, and various media they use, we've always had those. I mean, you know, whenever you see a uh, uh, a sitcom character on TV selling uh, aspirin, I mean, what is that? It's not that we believe this sitcom character is qualified to understand the ingredients in that particular aspirin and why it's better for us. No, we, we like that person so we we associate good things between that person and the aspirin uh right that that they want us to buy so we've always had that it's just i think social media has just created a a new context new platforms if you will for for more specific non-celebrity type of uh influencers in that way but no what we're talking about is really uh, 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 different than that, when you know, when, when we talk about genuine influence, which is a term that's mentioned in the book quite a bit, genuine inf- uh, influence is really, Jordan, nothing more than the ability to get the results you want when dealing with others, even those difficult others, we all come across from time to time, and doing so while making them feel genuinely good about themselves, about the situation, and about you—that's what—that's what we really want people to be able to do through uh, the lessons in this book.
0: Not screwing people over in a deal, no. Right, Bob. There, this book was full of those nuggets of wisdom and, and principles and and uh, how tos that I just love. You know, you know, you, you're lost in the story, and then all of a sudden i find myself like there's a point where i'm like mm. it it almost reminded me of what's it called way of the peaceful warrior where ah, same Newman. sort of thing yeah, that, was a, that was a great book i yeah that book. one of my favorites it's on my favorite shelf behind me and uh yeah I just, same sort of thing i'd be reading and and i'd be like oh i get it <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah like the story is just so essential to it one of one of uh, you know of the principles in there is uh, let go of having to be right, and I think it's so important in 2019. How I think it's easier said than done, though. So how do we do that, and what does it do for us? Letting go of having to be right.
1: Well, you know, letting go of having to be right does a couple things. And and first, we're, we're not saying that you shouldn't want to be right and that you don't want to be. Of course you do. You're a human being. We all want to be right and we should be prepared and we should do what we can to be right. What it means really is let go of the attachment to having to be right. Uh be able to open your mind and see things from the other person's point of view and consider the fact that you may not be a hundred percent right and that you can learn something from that person. Now, you know, That doesn't mean you have to agree with the person, of course not, but you open your mind to it and you consider things. Uh, You're constantly checking your premises. You're asking, why do I believe that? Or why does that person believe that? And where did they learn it from? Who did I learn this from? And why, and what does that, you know? And, And it does a couple things. First, letting go of having to be right allows us to go into learner's mode. Uh, this as opposed to the person who you know my mind's made up don't confuse me with the facts mm-hmm. okay <laughs> and it also when we let go of having to be right that other person with whom we're' we're, we're uh, either debating or, or disagreeing or just conversing they know they're talking to someone who's not looking to just be right at all costs or be right by making them wrong but someone who's searching for the truth and when that's the case they're much more likely to let go of their uh need to defend the position now you know i see you have some great books in back of you one of them i think to your right is uh mark manson's book
0: oh he was on the podcast yeah, yeah. and mark them talked them about huh i got i got uh the the blue one on top and then the orange one
1: yeah i've just read the orange one i haven't read the blue one yet but in the orange one mark talked about you know the fact that we don't know Right, and I, I, and I actually just read his it. book's been out for years. I'm always amazed at how be, far behind I am in, in reading books, but I, I only read it a few months ago. But uh, one of the points that uh, he made many great points, but one of them was that, you know, we really, we think we know a lot more than what we know. And it's once we begin to understand that we really don't know, now we can go into, you know, what I call learner's mode. And now we, 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 we create the context where we actually can learn more.
0: And you started talking about that even in the in the beginning when you started transitioning into becoming a, a learner. That's when things oh, started. I, yeah, that yeah.
1: has been, been when I read that in his book, I just said, you know, I just thought that was so great because that's something I've been, you know, I've been saying for years. I think he said it a lot better than I did, but, but it was something that, you know, for years I've, I've been working on, you know, because I was that person who, I mean, if I had an idea, that was it. Uh, you know, I was unchangeable in that way, and right. it was not. It 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 hurt my effectiveness. Mm. the
0: the pr- The premise of this book, uh, through the story throughout, is. Essentially, in the, the simplest way, and I, I don't want to like, I, I'm just doing it for time's sake just to, but uh, I don't want to like not give it the credit it deserves, That's but okay. essentially yeah. it's a, a, a negotiation, a business negotiation here. And my favorite part of the entire book, you and John David Mann say, uh, and, and it's like, and the the concept here is making people feel like you're meeting them halfway in negotiations. That's the principle. The example that was given is if you want the moon, ask for the solar system. That's
1: good. Um, let's see. I think that was one of those though where we 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 looked at that as one of like the typical sort of negotiation tactics. Um. You know what we really talked about is we were less desirous of people compromising as we were there collaborating. You know because one of the the mentors in the story, I think it was the uh, judge. She she was she was Jackson's mentor, and he said, "Well, isn't you know everything?" Oh no, that actually it was the coach who was the other mentor, uh, and he was talking with uh, Jillian, and she said, "Well, isn't you know isn't comp isn't everything about compromise?" And he said, well, it's not that there's not a time and place for it, but, but really what we would, you know, when you think about it, compromise uh, is based on the Latin word, which means nobody gets what they want and everyone is miserable. Now it, it doesn't really mean that, of course, that's not the debt, but it should be because yeah. in a sense, a compromise by its very nature is a lose-lose. A comprom- to compromise means both parties give up something they want. In order to kind of just get along and, you know, keep things going. What we would rather people do rather than compromise is we would rather them collaborate. We would rather them find a way to make one plus one equal three. We would rather instead of, you know, and we've all heard this saying before, if you want a bigger piece of pie rather than having to take the other person's piece and leave them with less, just get together and bake a bigger pie and that's what collaboration does it it allows people to to take a situation and and for this you've really got to try to understand the other person and what they want what they need what they desire what are their values what is it that they and you know it's great when both people do that, but you can't depend on the other person doing that, okay? And so, but but the genuine influencer needs to be able to do that so that they can see what really is important to that other person and what's maybe not as important to them, but more important to us, and we can find a way to collaborate and and grow the pie for for everyone. Hey, you talk about also how reason judgment should be in the
0: driver's seat and, yeah. and feelings in the passenger's seat. I think when you read. Mark Manson's new book, everything is, you know, mm-hmm. Um <laughs> I think between like page twenty and, and sixty, or he talks about how, like the feeling brain and and driving the car is like not. A good thing.
1: I, so I'm. So let me hear yeah. your your take on this. Explain this analogy here. So a good friend of both John's and mine. Uh, her name is Dondi Scumaci, and she's a great leadership speaker, and uh, she was a great leadership practitioner in, in the day too. But uh, she's really a, a a mentor of mine. And and what Dondi says is because you know we talk about uh, logic and emotion, and 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 We've got to be able to master our emotions. We've got to be able to be in control of our emotions because if we're not in control of our emotions, obviously we're not in a position to be able to make a decision that's most likely going to have the correct outcome, <laughs> right? So what what Dondi says is so what we say is you know don't don't try and deny your emotions. As human beings, we are emotional creatures. We just are okay where we would like to think we're logical and to a certain extent we are but we're pretty emotion based i mean we make major decisions based on emotion and we back up those emotional decisions with logic we rationalize or tell ourselves rational lies okay in order to justify those emotion-based decisions that we make so we say don't try and deny or forgo your emotions that's contrary to human nature you can't keep that up you know uh but no just Master your emotions as opposed to your emotions mastering you. And and again, my friend Dondi said, by all means, take your emotions along for the ride, but make sure you are driving the car. So yes. there's a place for your emotions. They can, they, they're, a, a, we should take counsel of our Absolutely. They have a part to play, but it's sort of like a, a CEO and the board of directors, right? The CEO, the logical mind needs to be the CEO, the decision-maker. Our emotions can be the board of directors. Does the CEO consult with the board of directors? Absolutely. But when the ultimate decisions made that needs to be by the CEO. We can counsel our emotions, but ultimately, if we're going to put ourselves in the position of making the, the, you know, the right decision, it's got to be our logical mind that, that decides.
0: Right. And another one of my favorite things here is, uh, in this book is setting the frame. Mm. Uh, so how, how would you set the frame? Would you consider an example of setting the frame? Uh, For people that that don't know, when I got on here, uh, before we hit record, I was like, great morning, Bob. I I heard how, you know, my friends are telling me like how nice of a guy you are. You're really friendly. I could just tell in all your communications, your friendliness and how nice you are exudes in everything you do, blah, blah, blah. And and did I set a friendly,
1: good frame there? Is is this an example? Well, it made me feel very good. It made me feel very appreciated. Uh, That was a great frame. Uh, Really what a frame is. Okay, by definition, a frame is simply the foundation from which everything else evolves. Okay? So when you've set the right frame, you're 90% of the way to the results you want. Uh, what, one of my favorite stories that, that I just love to tell yeah. is uh, about a frame is the time I was in a, a Dunkin Donuts restaurant, and there was a, a little boy, a little toddler, probably two, two and a half years old, and he was running around the restaurant and his parents called him over to their table so he starts to walk over when all of a sudden he takes a spill on the floor he slips and falls and he didn't hurt himself but you could tell he was shocked i mean that was not in his experience right Right. and so he the first thing he did of course is he looked over at his mom and dad to get their interpretation of the event in other words okay this this kind of strange thing happened to me what's next right now here's what we talk about framing okay had the mom and dad um you know gotten really concerned and panicky and oh no my baby and you know the he just started to cry right but what they did is they handled it so so beautifully they they um they walked over quickly of course but very calmly they had smiles on their face there was a sense of peacefulness about them they they applauded and they laughed and they said oh that looks like so much fun what a good trick and (laughs) and the little boy just you know began to laugh right what the parents did is they set a productive frame from which he could operate Okay, now we can do that when we first meet someone, it can be as easy as a smile or the way we shake hands and look at them in the eye or the way we make them feel welcome, and that's fine. And and what you did when when we first came on, that set a wonderful frame. the The question is what if someone else kind of comes to the table with an already negative set frame? Well, the challenge is if you buy into that, now, you know, it's probably gonna be a lose-lose, right? Yeah. And and let, can we take a, a quick example from in the sales context? Yeah. So let's say you sit down with someone you're about to present to, you don't really know this person, don't have much of a relationship with them, and they kind of seem defensive, and uh they say uh and let's let's just in this example just say her name is mary and and she says well i'm uh i'm just you know checking this out i'm not an easy sale or you know for whatever reason she's defensive and you never know you know you don't know why and and that's it is what it is but if you buy into that frame okay that kind of adversarial frame well what's going to happen you're going to be defensive you're going to be kind of pushy and 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 she's gonna be pushing back and it's gonna be right and so instead let's reset the frame and remember the judge she talked to to Jackson about resetting the frame and and so let's say we we said to marry something you know just along the lines of you don't marry While we've been able to help a lot of people with this product, uh, whether or not it's the right answer for you, we simply can't know without exploring deeper and determining whether or not it meets your specific needs. So please know this conversation is for both of us to discover that. And if it does, great. If not, that's okay too. Excellent. At Bob Berg
0: on Twitter. I highly recommend people follow you there because uh, you you put out some great original tweets and and, and thoughts and instead of just posting like, you know, links, a lot of people will fill their feed with links there. Uh, The Go-Giver Influencer on Amazon, Audible, really great book. And Bob, I thank you so much for spending some time with me. You are the man.
1: Ah, Jordan, thank you so much. I appreciate you.
0: there you have it, my friends. This has been another episode of Growth Mindset University, the podcast. Now, if you enjoyed this one today, all I ask is that you share it out to your friends, family, etc. on your Instagram story and tag me and our guest today. And don't forget to message our guest as well so that you build your network as you listen and learn with this podcast. And if you really believe that hearing the message of growth is important to the world and you want to help others find our show and you're not satisfied with just taking a screenshot and sharing this on your instagram story well i've got good news for you you can go the extra mile in helping spread this message of growth you can leave us an honest rating and review in apple Podcasts. we have over 200 ratings right now and it has made a gigantic difference for this show not only helping people find the show but getting awesome guests Thank you all so very much. And until next time, my friends, make every day count. Live to learn and grow to give.